We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cause we be. found out that I was actually getting a two-inch by two-inch brand with a cover as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that we can cut with violence, and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we meet drink coffee and discuss cults, sects and religious groups from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners as it will contain strong language and any other content warnings for us today, John? Murder, child abuse, rape, murder. Bingo! Murder. All the things. (laughs) Sorry, listeners. If you haven't listened to us before, this is what it's like. We talk about cults. It gets a little bit icky. Yes. We are recording to you live from the Barnstable Fringe Theatre Festival this weekend. We had a go at recording in the wonderful pub, The Southgate, so thank you very much to them. Unfortunately, the room was a bit echoey, so here, listeners, you find us in my car. (laughs) (laughs) And it's probably nearly the hottest day of the year so far, would you say, Sam? Yes, we have some windows cracked. Hopefully we will not die in that we went to a lovely cafe and bought some iced coffees to drink while we record so so hopefully that will keep us going it's very much got like an urban sweat lodge feel right now definitely if one of us suddenly goes quiet let someone know (laughs) i guess it's appropriate for our california set uh story that's about to unfold but Yeah. yeah so we might get a little bit hysterical a bit dehydrated we're quite caffeinated it's gonna be an interesting one listeners but we're very excited so john John has done the research this month. Who are you going to be telling us about? This episode, we are going to be talking about the Manson family. Dun, dun, dun. The protégés themselves of, I was going to say your friend and mine, Charles Manson, but that is, he is, not, that is not the case. So strap in, listeners, because this is going to be both weird and in some cases fairly horrific if you enjoy this sort of mild humor based true crime fun just a reminder up here at the top that you can support us if you would like to you can do that with a one-off donation at coffee kofi.com forward slash coffee and cults and today's iced coffees are very kindly supplied to us by parks and cass Aza. i think those are the right uh, nicknames and anonymous Ooh. who have recently donated to provide us with some coffee online. So well, thank you very much for anonymous. that. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't want my name attached to this podcast either. No, I meant the like political oh. radicals. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't we shall see. Who knows? Um and also And you can also support us more regularly on patreon.com and we want to say a massive thank you to Jen Faber. Um she is wonderful. You can also check us out on all of our social medias. So you can find us on Facebook where we put up um, some extra bits of information and articles. We also do a little uh, like photo gallery for each episode. So if you want to see the faces uh, and places that we're discussing, you can do that over there at facebook.com forward slash coffee and cults. At coffee and cults, you can also find on Instagram, Twitter and anything else. It's just those three. Oh. <laughs> and if you've got any suggestions for us or feedback or you just want to say hey you can also email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com also on the instagram i will be posting pictures from our gorilla studio so you can enjoy those as well (laughs) there's also please do check this out uh this is what our life is like listeners there's also some footage right now of john in a straitjacket so yes if that's what you'd like to picture Please, please go and check that out. Right <laughs> now, I'm just going to prep myself here with a nice iced coffee uh, oh, I'll do the slug. Same. Uh, sorry, listeners, bear with me. Sorry, mum. 
Mm, <sighs> drinking sounds. ASMR. Great. So, let's go. The Manson family. The big one. I feel kind of responsibility doing this one, Sam. Maybe I should have chosen something. Something a little bit less famous. I'm going to do my (laughs) best. So, Sam, would you believe it? This year is 50 years since the Manson murders. Oh. Which means, because it's 50 years, uh, there are a lot of things going on about Charles Manson at the moment. So you might know that there's, there's a few new films. There's one called Charlie Says. Okay. Which has Matt Smith in it, a Charles Manson. Okay. Check out the trailer. Yeah. It's amazing. He cool. is suitably charming slash creepy. Yeah. Um, John has been sending me lots of gifts on Facebook Messenger of Charles Manson. Which there I've... are so many. Thank you, Internet, for providing so many gifts of Charles Manson's face. I don't know what <laughs> conversation first necessitated an emotion that could only be expressed through the face of Charles Manson, but I appreciate it. I don't know. I've had some conversations that have made me feel like I need a Charles Manson face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I need a Charles Manson face. That's got to be a thing in future episodes, isn't it? So also there's Quentin Tarantino's film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which isn't just about Manson, but has Charles Manson in it. Cool. Um, so there's lots of stuff. There's a couple of new documentaries on and some new books, um, including one we'll mention later on, uh, which is Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA and the Secret History of the 60s. Ooh. Which is an interesting... That's a lot of S's. Uh, new take. It's very alliterative. No, assonancy. Alliterative. All of the above. Whatever those two things are. <laughs> so this story of hippie culture, drugs, communal living, Jesus, race war, music and murder... Wow. That's our strap line. Chapter 32 um, of John's autobiography. <laughs> is one that's coming around and is probably one of the, yeah, most famous and most significant cult groups. Yeah. Although it's particularly, as we know, hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler listeners, focused around the series of murders committed by members of the Manson family in August 1969, including famously the murder of Sharon Tate and mm-hmm. four others at their home in California. So, shall we begin? Yes, let's. Welcome, Sam. Welcome, listeners, to Chapter 1, The Young Charles Manson, or The Fucker Didn't Stand a Chance. Oh, man. That's my subtitle. Excellent. For this area. So, we're going to go back to November the 12th, 1934, to Cincinnati in Ohio, when the 16-year-old Kathleen Manson Bauer Cavender Maddox. Wow. She was first in line when the names got handed out. Gives birth to a young boy, obviously not an old boy, um, in uh, this hospital in Cincinnati. Now, she'd had a very strict religious upbreak, upbringing. Her mother was very pro, very sort of literal, firm, conservative, strong uh, approach to the Bible. And young Kathleen rebelled heavily against that, which is why at 16, she gave birth to a baby who originally they named No Name Maddox. The original form fell in at the hospital. They didn't even bothered to put in a name wow which if that's something you learn later in your life i imagine might somehow affect your notion of self as we might see later on and then a few weeks later they eventually named that baby charles miles 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 m-i-double-l-e-s emile like mille fois maybe miles maddox millie now his father was Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Senior. No one has uh, a single name in this uh, in this story, Sam. Nope. They've all got multiples. That's what's going to pad out the runtime. Now we think we Manson scholars think that he is the father, 
both from the anecdotal stories, but the only other evidence really is that there was a paternity suit that Kathleen filed against that person oh. for paternity okay. towards the uh, child. He was a local con artist. Now, I'll just do his name again. Uh, Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Sr. He's going around these bars, as we've seen. He's uh, picking up young women and telling them that he's a colonel in the army. Actually, colonel is just his given name. Wow. So he uses it to pretend that he's a advanced squaddy. And then also what it's really useful, Sam, is that not only does it impress the girls, it gives him an excuse to then disappear on them for long periods of time. Wonderful. Which is, I guess, sort of smart, but also real a real dick move. Yeah, uh, I think so. When young I think Kathleen, that could be the subtitle for this. Is yeah, there we go. That's the other a real dick move. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, absolutely. Oh, let's not think about Charles Manson dick this early. In oh the podcast. no! So I didn't even. <laughs> and now, sorry, I'm so sorry, <laughs> listeners. So yeah, so when Kathleen tells him that she's pregnant, he's off. He's out of here. He's he's dispatched. He's on mission or something or training somewhere but she won that paternity suit or as they called it at the time this is horrible a bastardy suit okay well i suppose the root of the word is birth out of wedlock isn't it yeah absolutely it sort of works it also sounds like a nifty clothing line like (laughs) what are you gonna wear to the wedding well i thought i'd wear my bastardy suit (laughs) i'll wear my bitchy dress You don't. Know, you might know this, listeners, but Sam is an excellent seamstress and uh, clothes maker. So I would Thank like you, you to make me a bastardy suit, please, for okay. our next podcast recording. Okay. Although I might not wear it if we're locked in a hot car, like we currently are. <laughs> we're not. We're genuinely not kidding, listeners. It is hot in here. You're hot in here, right? Wait. So, um, she wins that suit. A payment schedule is awarded to her, but he never kept it. Never kept the. So he didn't do any of the payments. He just oh. sort of ghosted again. And disappeared. Top guy. Yeah. So he was not great. Now, this is not connected to his character, but there is some speculation from local reports that he was um, a coloured, like, short cook. So he was a a black guy. Uh, And we only know that possibly because when Manson was enrolled in the National Training School for Boys, that's what was written on his admissions paper. So not, this is the name of the father. It's just, his dad is alleged to be a coloured cook. Wow. Okay. It's such a weird world, even just in the 60s, for how different like official form filling and payment yeah. and speculation. Yeah, it's yeah. very weird. So we've got these little sort of scraps, although some people have speculated that that's part of why Manson later on goes on to have a really strong racist outlook of the world. Okay, yeah, I suppose if he believes his father was black and left him. Well, he seems not to. There are statements later by Manson that refute that he was black but then if right. he's racist then maybe that's part of you know it's like people speculate yeah. that maybe i think is it hitler's uncle or great uncle or great grandfather might have been half jewish or something and that was part of hitler's self-hatred have you heard that oh yeah again yeah. that's wild speculation that may well not be true but it, we're starting to sow these seeds listeners of a person who might have a bit of an identity crisis mm-hmm. and who might be really soaked in weird religious upbringing rebellion against weird religious upbringing and a hatred of other races, which is not the necessarily... Fuck I didn't stand a chance. Yeah, exactly, right? Not uh, too long after this, Kathleen gets married. She marries a labourer called William Eugene Manson. Okay. And hence we have Charles Manson. He then takes on that surname and she adds that surname to her cavalcade of names <laughs> from earlier on in this description. Now, Maddox is still young. She's still a bit of a tearaway. 
and her and her brother Luther used to go around getting really drunk, really wasted in all the bars in mm-hmm. the local area, and also committing petty theft, all the while leaving Manson with babysitters or friends at home. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of unattended sort of while she went out devices. committing crimes and do it. So already like like my Jim Jones parallel yeah. on Meta is starting to, to ping. Mm. It's interesting that you sort of there's a recipe for this stuff, right? Which is yeah, kind of That's scary. what we're gonna achieve with this podcast, John. We're gonna solve cults. <laughs> oh, phew. <laughs> phew. And only after a year. So yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well done us. <laughs> Pat on the back. But her husband is not thrilled with that approach to parenting presumably while he's um working just because of the nature of the 1930s um so in april 1937 he divorces her on the grounds of gross neglect of duty okay but then interestingly doesn't seem to take much interest in his adoptive son no after that so it's not his responsibility but he's upset that she isn't taking that responsibility i guess so it also might be neglecting her duty to look after him as well Ugh. Because men in the 30s are brilliant, just as they are now. Yes! <laughs> Sam is looking at me with her very little has changed uh, face, which I think is <laughs> the right kind of face. And my third favourite Sam face after her Charles Manson face. Yes. And her normal face, oh, which thank is you. my favourite. We've <laughs> got car cabin fever already. She is, yeah, it might be said, not a great parent. There's a story that Manson later tells um, that... When he was an infant, she took him to a restaurant um, and she strikes up a conversation with the waitress there. They're having a little bit of banter. They're both sort of young girls. And the waitress goes, oh, you've got such a cute little baby. He's really adorable. He's super cute. And the waitress jokes that she'd buy cute baby Manson from Kathleen. Uh Uh-oh. Incidentally, Sam, don't you think that Cute Baby Manson is a good band name? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Wembley. We are Cute Baby Manson. So any listeners that want to form a band with that name, yep. I will happily bequeath that to you for just 10% of your taking. <laughs> but I think that's a good... Well, it worked for Marilyn Manson because he's half yeah. Marilyn Monroe, half Charles Manson. True. It's the two ends of America, so maybe that'd be good. Um, and supposedly Kathleen goes, okay, give me another pitcher of beer and he's yours. No. And the waitress goes, oh, that's really funny, oh, but I'm having a nice time with you. I'll bring you a free pitcher of beer anyway. <sighs> Brings it over, goes about her business attending to the other companies, comes back, and Kathleen has snuck out of the restaurant, leaving baby Manson behind. No. And then, like, five days go by, <gasps> and Manson's uncle, or is it Ka- no Kathleen's uncle, finds out, tracks the waitress down yeah. and gets Charles back. Which is also like a horrendous before proper so you know, people moan about social workers, but like social services oh, that's a prime yeah. example of why they might be handy, right? Yeah. What so oh man. I know a bit about Manson, but I don't know obviously all this that is crazy. Yeah. It's only gonna get worse. Excellent. I would expect nothing less from you, John. Oh sorry, I just dinged my Dinged my guard. Sorry, listeners, if that just pinged for you. So we get to August 1939. Kathleen is still having a good time, still drinking, still committing petty theft. And one night she's out drinking with Julia Vickers, who's the girlfriend of her brother, Luther. And while they're out drinking, they meet a guy called Frank Martin. And they think he's in a suit. He's in his bastardy suit. Uh, <laughs> he's got a watch on. He's got a wallet. And they like they think, oh, what a he's kind of... He seems a bit well off. Mm-hmm. So I think Julia rings Luther to say, come and help us. 
And Kathleen says that this guy has too much money for one man. Okay. So they convince Frank Martin, poor fool, to drive Kathleen, Julia and Luther to a hotel. I'm not sure from the reading that I did on what grounds, whether it was like come for hotel sexy time. That's another band name you can have. Or whether it was, hey, we're just going to keep this party going with a mini bar in a hotel. I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. But they convince him to do that. But partly along the journey, they make him stop the car. They make him get out of the car. (laughs) And the story is, Sam, here's our quirky detail before things get darker. So Luther, from wherever they've been hanging out, has a ketchup bottle they filled with salt. Oh, yeah. As you do, presumably to make it heavy again. Um, And he holds that against Frank Martin's back, pretending it's a gun. What? And says, we're going to mug you now. I've got a gun. It's. uh, I wish I was going to. I should have swiped one from... I'm not going to swipe from Southgate because they are a lovely uh, local business. But I really wanted to bring a ketchup bottle so we could test drive that, Sam, and see if we could be convinced by a ketchup bottle to the back. I don't know what a gun to the back feels like. Oh, that's true. So what you're saying is I need a few more items for this to be a convincing scientific yes, experience. Yes, please hold a gun to my back. Okay. <laughs> don't do that. Um, we don't have guns. However, Martin perhaps predictably sees through that. So instead, Luther beats him on the back of the head with it. They steal his wallet and leave him by the side of the road. Okay. And when they open his wallet, they find that they've managed to get from him the grand total of $27. Ooh. Which, okay, is 1930-something... 1939, $27, but I still reckon probably... This is, I'm just going to make up some conversion here, listeners. You're going to enjoy this. I reckon that's probably like 40 quid. Yeah. Well, yeah, I expect so. For what probably seems now like... Uh, I don't know if it was attempted murder. I don't think so, but like could be uh, easily. Attempted ketchup assassination. <laughs> Another good band name. This, that's no, gonna it's going to be the album. This. Little Baby Manson, first album, attempt, attempted ketchup assassination. <laughs> <laughs> This is appropriate for Manson and his his musical tastes. Right. They're arrested, predictably. Um, I think Luther gets a slightly longer sentence, but Kathleen ends up being sentenced to five years in jail. Now, at this point, Manson could have gone home uh, and lived with his grandmother. Yeah. Who might at that point have maybe been interested in looking after her grandson with her uh, religious convictions. But it's decided that he's going to live with the aunt and uncle instead because they live that bit closer to the prison so that he can go and visit his mother, who now at, in her early 20s, is in prison. Again, it doesn't sound like a great uh, childhood, so it's reported that uh, one year for Christmas, the family are super poor. Yeah. Really, really, uh, I guess it's after run of the 30s as well, like everyone's kind of dirt poor and struggling. we in the Second World War yet? Not yet. Uh, Nearly almost, yeah, into that kind of run. So it's a pretty bleak time. And one year for Christmas, Manson's only present uh, which comes from his grandmother, is a hairbrush. And I can't decide if what she says when she gives it to him is adorable or just really stupid, Sam. Please tell me. She tells him, if you brush your hair with it enough, you will be able to fly like Superman. Oh, no, that is adorable. Because it's... I suppose if they're super poor, they can only afford to get him a hairbrush because it's something useful. Make it more fun for the kid. So they, he... Uh, they don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> so he spends all of his time brushing his hair and jumping high, trying to Aww. fly. And noticeably, he does that at school and gets the piss ripped out of him. Oh, man. There are some yes. other... I don't know if Didn't I have this... Jim Jones do some flying things? 
Oh yeah, maybe he had an idea. Again, it's that thing about your sense of reality and imagination when you're a kid and when yeah. that's disrupted or strengthened. So I think this might explain his later aversion to good hairstyling, Sam. <laughs> I hate hair now. This is the kind of psychological insight you come to this podcast for, right, <laughs> listeners? I think Manson's later hairdo catastrophes can be explained for this um, incident. At the same time, his friends have quite a lot of toys. Yeah. So he's pretty jealous of that. He sort of feels like them, you know, these other kids presumably are just playing with their toys. They might be being dicks about it as well, but he's jealous. He also feels like they're mocking him. So what one report I read said was his first act of violence. He gathered loads of his friends' toys and set them on fire. Uh-oh. The toys, not the friends. That's important. Though. So fire is one of the, isn't that one of the McDonald triad? Oh, yeah, yeah. Setting and yeah. playing with fire. Um if you don't know about the McDonald triad listeners, I might be misquoting it, but it's the kind of three things that happen to a person that makes them more likely to become a serial killer or like the three things that have happened in serial killers' upbringings that draw them all in common. So it's like fires, head injuries and something else. Cruelty to animals? Yes. Yeah. Something like that. It seems like he's not having a great time. He is also from really early on described as a disagreeable child. He's much smaller than lots of the other kids, so he gets picked on a lot for that. Yeah. He was a small little man, though, wasn't he, as yeah. well? He was always a very... Um, but yeah, he's he's supposed to be not very likeable uh, as a child, and he lies and fibs. I just like the word fibs. I don't know why I've written lies in two different ways there, <laughs> Sam, but there we go. He lies and fibs and tells untruths. <laughs> oh, that was like a little Manson song. It's going to be musical reference episode. Okay. Listens. He lies and fibs. Um... Uh, he, if it was written by Rogers and Hammerstein. <laughs> I wonder why they didn't write a Charles Manson-themed musical. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. And then it has Rex Harrison uh, speak singing yeah. Manson's lines during the <laughs> film. Blames others if he gets caught doing something wrong, yeah. which might be a, another telling psychological point. Desperate to be the centre of attention, but at the same time he's bullied massively by his classmates. Right. And from one of the books I was reading by his teacher as well. Oh, I can't remember her name. Um, I don't know if I've written it down in she my other notes. But she like regularly like calls him out in the class. Right. Bullies him, ridicules him. Bad, bad teaching. But then, so but does that information come from Charles Manson? So partly it comes from Manson, partly it comes from like friends and family around oh, okay. as well. So there's a bit of a mix. One of the books I read some of was uh, Manson in his own words. Which obviously might be a bit suspect, but Jeff Gwynn, who I think yeah. also wrote the book you read about Jonestown, Jonestown. has written an amazing yeah. biography of Manson that's got loads of that. He's kind written of a really good one about uh, Bonnie and Clyde as well that I really want to read. We love you, Jeff Gwynn. Get Thanks, in touch. Fangirling over true crime writers. Around the age of six or seven, he's around his cousin Joe Anne. That's two words, Joe Anne. And she has lots of stories about how weird it was growing up with. Charles Manson is your cousin. I bet. At one point, supposedly, he threatened her with a garden sickle. Oh, I'll sickle you. I'm sick of you. Let me <laughs> sickle you, not tickle you. There you go. There's another Rogers and Hammerstein lyric. The opening of Act Two. <laughs> yeah, so there's lots of accounts of him having mood swings and sort of exhibiting some threatening behaviour. Also, at the same time, so he's six or seven, um, and although his uncle and aunt disapprove of him threatening people with a sickle, they also let him play with guns all the time because, obviously, that's, that's fine. Yeah. The sickle is out there, but gunplay, great. Um, in 1942, 
Kathleen is paroled. Okay. And she comes home and takes Manson. Right. And he, in lots of his interviews, describes that as the happiest time in his life. Because he can finally get a hug from his mum. He says the one time that she really hugged him is his sole happy memory in his whole life. Whoa, man. Which is kind of full on. Yeah, very. Mummy hugs are the best hugs. They are. Tragic is that. Yeah, very. Sorry if you heard some background car driving noise listeners. We are in a car park. (laughs) We'll we'll try and cop some of that out. So, meanwhile, Kathleen is still hitting it pretty hard, drinking um, and committing small crime. Manson's playing truant pretty much all the time from school, Mm -hmm. which again is sort of makes sense in terms of young person behavior given that stuff going on um and then later kathleen is arrested for grand larceny which is i think a fancy way of saying theft of somebody else's property right yeah although it sounds super super fancy but that sort of shakes her up a little bit i don't think she gets convicted of that but she starts going to aa meetings oh good for her um she goes to aa and there she marries one of her fellow um, attendees a guy called lewis okay he is not a huge fan of manson because he's a little shitty kid. Yeah. Yeah. Manson's, you know, really difficult. He's a bit, um, you know, he's hard to put up with. He's truanting. Yeah. She's still sort of living her own little crime life and then trying to get out of that. Yeah. And now her kid is going off the rails. And whereas Manson now in his, rails. like, early teens. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Oh, no. Yeah, maybe just around 11 or 12-ish, right. I think. Um, this is not the place for hard facts, listeners. This is uh, <laughs> just what John wrote down. Hey, don't put yourself down, John. We have hard facts, but we also have some spurious guesswork (laughs) 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 that's uh that's what we're going to rename the podcast hard facts and spurious guesswork excellent so she tries to put charlie into foster care okay but cannot find a foster placement right for him i don't know whether that's because there aren't many places or whether people don't want to foster the kid or i don't know so eventually she sends him to a reform school gilbert school for boys yes and manson has a pretty horrible time yeah i can imagine again bullied by other kids getting Mm -hmm. into fights playing hooky not having a nice time so that 10 months later he breaks out of the gilbert school for boys runs away gets home knocks on his mother's door that's the, one of the benefits of being in this car. I can do some more sound effects for you listeners. Yeah. Um, she opens the door and basically says, I can't handle you. You're not coming back home. Puts him in the car, drives him back to the school for boys. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time she picked him up. She didn't pick him up when he was then discharged from that school. Oh. Uh, and although he saw her again, she uh, he never lived with his mum again after wow. that. So I don't want to be too sympathetic to the guy, obviously. But no. But then... It- yeah, well, like you said at the top, he didn't stand a chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which isn't to say that people that go through that don't also tend to wonderful, lovely human beings, but like, no. if you have any predisposition in any way to, yeah, going yeah. off the rails, this will... Yeah, 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 absolutely. People will go in and come out of the foster system as excellent humans. Yeah. Some people just don't have the correct upbringing for yeah. it, I suppose. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah very sad christmas 1947 he's at his uncle's house and while he's there he's caught trying to steal one of his uncle's guns right gets told off that again becomes part of him being increasingly seen as a problem yeah child which is pretty much going to be the case from now on so he's sent back to um gilbert it's there another 10 months oh yeah there we go he's now 13 and he hates it there so much that he starts robbing local stores to get enough money 
that he can rent his own place. At 13? Yeah. To live. So at one point, he's caught stealing a bicycle and he's put into a juvenile detention centre. Pretty soon after that, he breaks out with the help of a fellow detainee um, and they commit a series of armed robberies, Mm. including a grocery store where he's arrested. And that is his first criminal charge and conviction right. this armed robbery of a grocery store. Yeah. Thus ends chapter one. <laughs> the fucker doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> just, yeah. But, I yeah, can't imagine going through that kind of a... No. It's so... It's just so sad. But then... And it's just tricky, isn't that it? That was my thoughtful thing on it. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when I was teaching in a secondary school as well, sometimes when you had kids that were real troublemakers by 13, it really felt like... And often it was because of, you know, things that had happened to them previously or things that were happening in their life then. Yeah. By 13, you know, the school was doing everything they they could to sort of help them and support them and turn them around. But yeah. it's tough by the time someone's 13 and has experienced that kind of Yeah, it's, it's when you've, trauma you've and got your and, young adult personality basically yeah. developing, isn't it? So it's... <sighs> man. Okay, so it's not going to get any jollier, listeners. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it will, because we'll still make terrible jokes along the way, I would imagine. So welcome to chapter two, Sam. Go on. A Life of Crime, a.k.a. The Insane Game. Oh, okay. Sam, do you want to play The Insane Game? You know, I probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> good, good note of Let caution. Let me hear the rules Let's find and then out. I'll tell you. So he now starts to go through a run of other sort of schools for troubled kids mm. um, or kids with um, criminal convictions. So he goes to the Indiana Boys School. Okay. For a while, and then at one point he gets sent to Boys Town. Have you heard Ooh. of Boys Town? No, but it sounds like a party. So Boys Town is a <laughs> like um, I think it was set up as a, like a charitable um, organization, and essentially it was a school for uh, orphans and trouble troubled children. Okay. And they sort of adopted huge numbers of boys, not, put them through school. Not a party it was residential. There are huge numbers of allegations. That boys' town was a place where there was massive organised sexual abuse. Right. Um, there's a almost certainly sixty percent fabricated, made up conspiracy thing book called the Franklin Cover Up. But there's enough sort of documented testimony of bad things going on there that something it was, was yeah. for quite a long time. There's then lots of, I don't uh, as a rule condone conspiracy theory stuff, but there's. Yeah, a series of things about how bad the abuse was there, how many rich and important people might have been involved. Oh, um, man. There was a documentary that was made for ITV that was pulled and never broadcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a whole other whole other story. But that's one of the places that Young Manson is sent. He then gets okay. kicked out of Boys Town. Yeah. Ends up, I think, back in the Indiana school, uh, Indiana Boys School, where he is regularly sexually assaulted and raped, and often with the at least complicity of the staff if not the um, active participation. There are also regularly wow. fights. It's a bit like prison kind of yeah. extreme prison mentality. And in order to protect himself, because he is a small, wiry child, yeah. he develops the insane game where his defense mechanism is if anybody comes to attack him or get close to him, he screams, gurns, convulses, shakes, pretends to have a fit, goes insane... Wow. In an attempt to be scarier than anybody else in the place. And he learns that that is a good way that he can defend himself. Goodness. And so that explains the the gifts that you see of him and 
Yeah, just a Well, wait. that's the thing, because I always sort of assume that, oh, he is just that mental. Yeah. But actually, I think there's a, yeah, it's interesting to go, how much is his clear mental illness and how much is him going, I'm just going to be the scariest person I can be, because then no one will fuck with me. Wow. And I will put that on when I need to, like a, yeah, yeah like a very scary, unhairbrushed mask. That's that's interesting as well with if you think about him in context with other cult and group leaders is that they most of them are insane in some way or another yeah. but they try and be the nicest thing that they can be and the least scary and the most approachable yeah, 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 yeah. and yet he goes the other way so yeah an increasingly rough and abusive childhood he then escapes as you might expect if you were in this position with some others in a stolen car right they go across state lines, which means it's a federal crime. Yeah. So it all suddenly becomes a bit more serious. And he then zen- ends up in the National Training School for Boys, which is like a really serious, hardcore. Right. Yeah, juvie. How place. interesting that he's going in and out of schools rather than into a, like a, or is it like a juvenile detention? Yeah, they're sort of somewhere between the two. It's a bit like, yeah. you know, that thing in American films where they threaten to send you to, like, military academy if you... Yeah. I think it's got that kind of... So um, all these places are court-ordered then, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Or like, um, is it Joe and the Cult, who's someone we've sort of uh, been in contact with on Instagram, yeah. who went to a Elan-inspired yeah. detention school that mm-hmm. was effectively a... Yeah, a, a prison an institution. Yeah. Purporting to be a... A kind school. Do Put check out his. Uh, yeah. um, do check out his work on. Uh, you can find it via our Facebook. Um, it's on Instagram as well. Uh, Joe and the Cult. Great. And it's like a comic series that this person's written about his experience. Yeah, it's yeah, it's extraordinary. When he's taken into the National Training School, they do tests. They find out that he's pretty much functionally illiterate. Hardly um, surprising, as you might expect, um, and that he has an IQ of a hundred and nine. And I think the average is something like 120, I believe. Something like that. Um, And he is, they put in his notes, unsurprising, he is aggressively antisocial. Yeah. He has a strong instability as a result of rejection and childhood trauma, in particular a lack of parental love. Oh, man. So, yeah, he's pretty, having a pretty rough time. He also, is this part of this, is it the National Bridge Honor Camp? Okay. When he's 17. I think is associated with the training school and one of the incidences amongst others while he's there is that he rapes another boy at knife point. Oh man. And there's a, there are some clips and interviews with him where he's talking about rape where he sort of eventually goes in the end rape is no big deal and eventually for me it became just a thing that happened and you got through it and oh. over it. It was no big deal and it was fine and it was Jesus. just what happened. Wow. <sighs> trying to rack my brains for a way to lighten that up for you listeners but i can't that's horrible so he moves around but eventually um gets out of prison Mm -hmm. and in 1955 he marries rosalie willis yeah but pretty quickly after that he's um convicted for something else i think often at this point it's car stealing yeah um and he ends up back in prison while he's back in prison rosalie gives birth to charles manson jr Oh. Who is famously one of his sons. <laughs> yes. And who still has that name now, I believe, which is like a really interesting yeah. choice. Which I can but sort then, of see. Why should you, why should you change yeah. the name? But also... The sins of the father and that sort of stuff. I don't um, know. But yeah, so he's in and out of prison for um, car stealing uh, at this point and also for pimping 
16-year-old girls. Ooh. Amongst other um, older age girls. Uh, and this is one of the big things, is that he's sort of around this time, as we might expect, because he's in that prison, he's meeting other criminals. Mm-hmm. He's meeting lots of pimps. Yeah. And he's really impressed by the way that they can just have this collection of girls around him. Gosh. Um, and that, I think we'll talk to this in a second, but that, that starts to inform the way he interacts with the world is what he learns, particularly from the pimps that he's yeah. um, been imprisoned with. Rosalie, obviously, is finding this a bit difficult to be married to someone in a prison mm-hmm. while having their child, raising their child. So he they get divorced, which, again, you know, the pop psychology thing is that that's part of his the start of his hatred for women but i think that probably goes deeper and yeah, wider i think that started a long time that's ago that's not her fault um and he marries somebody else leona who he takes to mexico to make to have her work as a sex worker okay. um in mexico and i believe that is something else that he's then convicted for and ends up back in jail so now he's in prison for a longer sustained period yeah and a few things he encounters there become part of What's going to happen? So he starts to sort of gather these influences. Um, in jail, he takes guitar lessons from Alvin Creepy Carpus. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, Creepy Carpus. Yeah, I believe this yeah. is the person Alvin Chipmunk is based on. Okay. Um, who's uh, famously like a, a gang member and like the last surviving member of a particular, particularly brutal gang. But oh. he teaches Manson guitar. And in his childhood, there'd been a piano, I think, in his uncle and aunt's house. So yeah. he had a bit of a love. It was one of the few things that he loved and liked. Okay. And while he's enjoying music and talking to Alvin, he also meets another inmate who goes, Ah, oh, you know what? You're into music. Ah, oh, you're actually pretty good at playing the guitar. I've got a contact with Phil Kaufman at Universal Studios. Maybe when you get out, oh. uh, you should go to see him in California and try and get a record deal. Okay. Fine. He gets divorced, as one might expect, um, from Leona while he's in prison. But he now has his music. Yeah. He has his guitar. And in 1966, Sam, he writes somewhere between 80 and 90 songs while in prison. Like Prince. Not without the prison. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, careful lawyers, but probably fine. But yeah. Hi, Prince's lawyers. He He just wrote a lot. And he particularly loves the Beatles. Okay. He's really into their music, as you might expect in the 60s. But it's weird because all this sort of 60s cultural stuff is happening out in the world. Yeah. But he only receives it through hearing music and thinking about music. Yeah. While, you know, hippie culture and the Beatles and all that 60s revolution stuff is mm-hmm. is going on. Also, his cellmate is, uh, and I'm not drawing any inference here, a Scientologist and oh. introduces him to the ideas of L. Ron Hubbard. And, and that's why Charles Manson went insane. <laughs> well, this is the thing, because he was never a member of the church, right? No. And obviously they would massively disavow themselves from him. But yeah. he had a cellmate who taught him Dianetics and put him through hundreds, it's alleged, of hours of auditing. Oh. While he was in prison. Okay. Um, but he teaches him the principles. Oh, God, can you imagine how annoying that would be? Yeah. You get into prison and your cellmate's a Scientologist. No uh, disrespect, Scientologists listening, but auditing is a frustrating process from what we understand. It is. Um, and that's just going to make your prison term longer, right? Yeah. But one of the things that he particularly stands out for him in Scientology is the idea that you are an immortal spiritual being. Your experience extends well beyond a single lifetime. You have unlimited capabilities. And man, when he's trying to just survive, is basically fundamentally good. And pursuing survival okay. is his thing. 
and you've got all these future lives, which might make you think, Sam, mm. that some of how you spend your time or what you do to survive, it's not your only shot. You're dealing in eternity. You're dealing in a whole universe of possibilities. Okay. Mm. 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 He also <laughs> reads How to Win Friends and Influence People oh. by Dale Carnegie. Yeah. Which is a book I've heard of in sort of benevolent, slightly dismissive now, like early self-help literature kind of way. But yeah. again, seems to crop up with loads of these cult leaders that Absolutely. they've read that and taken things from it. Manson in particularly really enjoys Principle 7, which I believe is also Chapter 7, uh, which is a good way to exert control and influence is to let the other person feel that the idea you've had is theirs and right. therefore they should do that because they've thought of it even though you've planted that idea and instruction yeah. in their heads. Excellent. While at the same time, as we've discussed, he's learning from uh, the sort of pimp psychology I've written down here, uh, which is your best target for a woman that you want to have that control over. Mm -hmm. You choose someone who's vulnerable, cut off from their family, who has low self-esteem yep. and father issues. Man... And he goes, oh, okay, this principle and this principle and this idea. Yeah. All of these things are now starting to churn in Charlie's head okay. as he gets ready to go out into the world. And he's released out into the world in 1967. He's 32, Sam. Okay. And he spent half of his life in prison. Oh, goodness. And this is kind of tragic. When that comes up in 1967, he begs to stay in jail. What? It he happens, says, it's the only it? thing I understand. I'm happy here. Yeah. Please don't release me. Like in the Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which, again, I think maybe is telling in, in stuff later on. But they do free him. So, 1968. Yeah. Welcome to Chapter 3, Finding a Family. Oh, lovely. Now no, we're it's going just going to be a happy Enid story Blyton. from <laughs> now on. <laughs> I'll do my best Enid Blyton. Enid Blyton. Oh, I've got a bit Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> oh, blimey, Mary we Poppins. <laughs> Have you heard about... Oh, no, I don't, I've lost that accent, damn it. Oh, you were so close. We'll cut that. But So 1968, he comes out, he moves to San Francisco. Lovely. Basically, he's got this big idea that he's now going to become a famous musician. Okay. That is his destiny. And he meets 23-year-old Mary Brunner. Yeah. And they have a child. Ah. Valentine Michael Manson. Okay. And they set up shop in San Francisco. Mostly, he pays for their uh, rent and life by begging and stealing and slowly starts to introduce other women into that relationship and into their little flat in San Francisco. Right. From the age of 14 up, basically. Uh, uh, he is 32. And are these still women that he is pimping out, forcing into sex work? Mm, or mm, mm, Not explicitly, but they tend to be young, vulnerable women that he meets while he's out begging and okay. stealing and doing that kind of jazz. And he's really now indulging in all of the peace and love, hippie culture, of the 1960s. Mm -hmm. So effectively, he's sort of setting up his own little sexy commune. Right. In That's what he thinks it is. I'm not suggesting that's what it is. Listeners. <laughs> in San Francisco. They have, a, they have a lovely time. They take a lot of drugs, uh, particularly LSD. Yeah. They have a lot of sex, one-on-one, -on -one, group, individual, etc. They all live together. And it's at this point that Lynette from joins. Ah, okay who will come up again in our story yes. later on. At this point, there are 18 women list, uh, living with him, sharing this flat. and a 18? 18. 
That is a lot of people in a flat. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And he exerts this kind of charisma on them. He's okay. playing all those vibes of, hey, you know, I'm I'm basically John Lennon, right? I've got a guitar, a noble spirit, maybe a bit of a Jesus complex. Yeah. And uh, why don't you Some come and hair. hang out with him? And they start to believe loads of slightly strange things, like he's got a sixth sense. He's a little bit psychic. Okay. He, can, he starts to let them believe he's got like low-level supernatural wow. psychic powers. And I suppose in the same way that like Anne Hamilton Byrne did with the LSD, give someone LSD, then you tell them a thing and then they yeah. think that they've had the idea. They're taking massive levels of LSD. Yeah. He's setting himself out to be Christ-like. Um, he tells them that his full name, Charles Willis Manson, is mm. how he starts sort of inverting his Willis thing that we had trouble pronouncing okay. earlier on. Oh, don't, don't you think it's interesting, Sam, that it spells out Charles's will? is man's son. Oh, that's protracted. Okay. Like, maybe that means he's Jesus. It's a bit convoluted, isn't it? But I would imagine after a couple of tabs of LSD sounds quite profound. Yeah. A few Um, joints. (laughs) So that's Manson. Yeah. He's having a good time. We're now going to jump to somebody else's house. Do you know any... Oh, no, it's probably going to get copyright striking, isn't it? Do you know any Beach Boys? Do you want to just sing a bit of Beach Boys for us, Sam? I wish they all could be California girls. There we go. Lovely. So we're going to jump to the house of Dennis Wilson, who is a member of the Beach Boys. He's out driving one day. They're quite successful and rich by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he spots two female hitchhikers at the side of the road. Yeah. Ella and Patricia. And would you know it, Sam, they are members of the Manson family. Mm. They're two of the 18. Wow. So he takes them back to his house to hang yeah. out. They do some drugs. They have a drink. They lark around. And then he goes, oh, will you guys hang out here? I just need to go to the recording studio for a couple of hours. Yeah. So he goes off. He plays um, Surfing USA, California, uh, and what else? Other Beach Boys songs. Lots. Things that will be on Pet Sounds. Yeah. Is that a Beach Boys album? Yeah. On a a CD that was in my dad's car when I was growing up. (laughs) I don't know if it's not true. But when he comes home, he finds that those two girls have now been joined by Charles Manson and 12 other members of the family. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And they're hanging out in his house and the story goes that in one night playing his music, taking drugs together, Mm -hmm. having a chat the incredibly charismatic young Charles Manson convinces Dennis that he is a talented super chill dude. Yeah. And so they end up living there for several months. Wow. The reports are that they cost Dennis Wilson somewhere in the region of $100,000 in that time. Oh, my goodness. He feeds them, he gives them drugs, he puts them up. Yeah. And they live in his house. Wow. Just from these two hitchhikers that show up one night. What goodness. But through all of this, he thinks that Manson's basically cool. And he thinks, actually, you've got a bit of talent. Yeah. I'll try and help you get a record deal. Okay. So could this be like that thing in The X Factor or Britain's Got Talent where it's like, oh, he's got a tragic backstory. Yeah, but maybe. now They're playing Take That over the top. He's going to be, <laughs> um, he's going to be, you know, Anton Deck will be in the wings going, oh, he might have a swastika carved in his forehead, but he's going to be the nation's favourite. Oh, no. No, no it's not going to be like that, listeners. Um, Wilson tries to get a record producer um, called Terry Melcher interested in Manson's music why have i heard of him probably because of because Charles he's gonna feature in the story soon he's also doris day's son okay famously cool lovely doris day who very sadly passed away this year yeah 
R.I.P. I need to watch Calamity Jane again soon. That's oh, an awesome yeah. film. Or what's the other? South Pacific? Is that her? Is she in South Pacific? I don't know if she is. I don't know. Pillow Talk? Ooh. She's I very seen good. It. I yeah. miss you, Doris Day. Not to push my gay points too strongly this early uh, <laughs> in the podcast, but Melcher sort of isn't actually that interested. Uh, but they do meet. Yeah. And they have a meeting in Terry's property. Okay. That he is living in before he rents it out to other people. Mm-hmm. And that property later will be that's why I've heard the house him. rented to Sharon Tate. So that's where they have a meeting, but that doesn't go well. As you might imagine, after this time, relations become a bit strained between Manson and Dennis. And at one point, Manson pulls a knife on Wilson. And Wilson's like, okay, I might not give you any more money and let you stay in my house, mate. Yeah. And that is sort of the end of their close friendship. Wow. At that point. Okay, um, cool. Although, Will, there's a little bonus. for Keep listening, listeners, because there's a bit of bonus info about their relationship uh, later on. So they need somewhere else to live. Commune is growing. Mm-hmm. They've got more and more girls. So they find Span Ranch, Span Ranch, which is an old movie set. Cool. So it's like a Western town Yeah. Um, that is owned by a guy called George Span. He is 80. Right. Has met Manson or encountered Manson somehow. And... I'm not saying this is his primary motivation, but he allows them to stay and live there in exchange for getting to have sex with all the girls. Oh. And some of Manson's instructions are, hey, we need to live here, so you've got to go and give George his daily treat. Ooh. Did he call it a daily treat, or was that something you came up with? That is gross. Either uh, way, it's gross. It's, but it's, it's definitely gross. Yeah. Um, that's basically the run of it. However, Manson's aware that it's pretty hard for him to just pull in all these girls, and, you know, that's a bit... It's a bit tricky and impractical. Yeah. So he starts to occasionally select attractive young men around who will help draw in more girls to the okay. cult. Uh, and at that point, that's when Charles Tex Watson yeah. joins as one of these younger guys who can help out on the ranch, but also might draw in some some ladies. Mm. Um, and they start to expand to a few other ranches around in Death Valley. So do you know how many people are following him by now. If you don't, don't worry. I can tell you. uh, Excuse me, there's going to be some paper rustling. Death Valley, I kind of imagine that that's what this car feels like right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think so. I do not have that exact number. Oh, that's okay. Sorry for asking you. That's okay. But I think it's like a reasonable number. I think it's like 30 or 40 at this this point. Should we do a little bit of... I'm going to skip ahead in my notes. Should we do life... In the Manson family ranch. Yes, please. So. Good morning. It's the morning, John. I've woken up in the Manson family ranch. <sighs> Welcome. Tweet, tweet. Oh, it's really morning, warm, course. isn't it, here in uh, Death Valley? Um, we better start the day the Manson family way yeah. by having our daily sacrament of LSD. Oh, no. So yummy, get, that, get that LSD down, Sam. Yeah. Um, and to oh. any law enforcement people listening, we're, we're, that's just powerful mind delivered by two people who work in the theatre industry we are not genuinely taking lsd this is not the worcester group version of this podcast um so you have to do lsd every day yeah as like communion from christ like charlie manson okay does he place the little tab on your tongue oh i really hope so i imagine he probably does with his charles manson penis no 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 to be fair i thought that as well and then i was like no that's too disgusting Wait, you weren't there. Thanks, John. You're welcome. So, everyone involved in the family is responsible for... Raise- Sorry, I just imagined that, like, every time he took his pants off, he'd say, this is my Charles Manson penis, and, like, put his shoes on his Charles Manson feet. <laughs> oh, I nearly got 
frappe all over me. Right. (laughs) Clocking up those gay points there, John. (laughs) That's right. I'll just cut that out. So everyone in the cult is involved in raising the children. Okay. Of whom there are a reasonable number to the point where in 1969, Sandra Good is imprisoned for credit card theft. Um, along with some other family members, but she's been one of the family members that breastfeeds. <gasps> but so that she doesn't uh, stop producing milk, yeah. so that she can continue to breastfeed when she's released, the other Manson family members she's imprisoned with nurse from her so that she keeps oh. producing milk so she could continue breastfeeding when she went back into the cult. No! No! Oh, no! And I'm just going to take another oh. shot of my milky frappe drink, Sam. Oh. Oh, well, there's that ice cream shop in Covent Garden or somewhere that sells breast milk ice cream. Is there? Yeah. It must be all right, though. I mean, at least... What? Why is that weird when we drink cow milk? Here's my... I mean, I have just eaten some dairy, but here's yeah. my vegan manifesto. But It's weird that we find that weirder, right? Yeah. I am not vegan nor vegetarian, but I tend to try and avoid cow milk if I can because it does freak me out. But... Ugh. Ugh. And but there's like the reason breast milk is what it is is because it produces antigens that a baby a developing baby needs from yeah. the mother, doesn't it? So we're sharing antigens. Yeah. So that's going on. Nancy Pittman, who was a member, testified in court later that Matt spoiler alert. Oh, they um, go to court. <laughs> that Manson had mystical powers. Yeah. That at one point she saw him breathe life back into a dead bird. Okay. That revived and then flew off. Yeah. Um, that he could communicate with animals. If I could talk to the animals. I was thinking that too. Um, and that he could read minds. Okay. So that's just some true Chatting facts. To a I'm sure it's all true. Uh, about Charles Manson. Yep. They lure uh, young women in. As we've said, some of that's uh, Tex Watson. Some of that is a guy called Paul Watkins, who are like the young, handsome men. They lure the ladies in, and then it's like, oh, surprise, now you have to have sex with Charles Manson. Oh, no. Except that name doesn't mean anything at that point. Well, no. And then there are pretty regularly orgies. Okay. Just hot, sweaty, Death Valley LSD orgies. Okay. So that's fine. Here's, Here's a nice quote. This is from... Bugliosi, who famously was the prosecution lawyer who mm-hmm. wrote the book Helter Skelter yeah. um, about the Manson murders. Charlie, my, uh, shall I do a voice? Yeah, of course. He's, he's uh, um, deceased now, bless him. Uh, but well, don't do a go. dead voice. <laughs> it's just this. There we go. Charlie might dance around. A listener said the other day they like my terrible American accent, so this is, this is for you. Charlie might dance around, everybody else following like a train. As he'd take off his clothes... All the other people would. They lie on the floor and play the game of 12 deep breaths and releasing. Hey, Sam, do you want to, after we finish recording this podcast, should we play the game of 12 deep breaths and releasing? But, I mean, sure. I, I prefer to play, like, Monopoly or... With closed Rambles. eyes, they rub against each other until they were all touching. Okay, let's not play that. Oh, uh, not in not in this car. No. Um, if you were disobedient to Manson, particularly by refusing sex with him, but yeah. also any other disobedience, then he would beat you, or your fellow family members would beat you severely. Right. So disobedience was out. Everybody's taking part in menial labour. Yeah. Particularly for Manson, but also for the good of the ranch and like a big ex film set ranch. Yeah. Presumably needs a bit of help. Now they do have a couple of ranch hands who also work there for them, or okay. for the landowner. 
we'll see how they get on later on. Yeah. But um, so, but uh, how how are they paying for stuff? Are they begging and stealing and yeah, pretty much. Okay. And I mean, they don't have to pay for the ranch, right? Yeah. Because they just have to have do sex with, with an old man. Yeah. So morning in the Manson cult, you have a little bit of LSD, and then you play twelve deep breaths and releasing. Have a little bit of an orgy, breastfeed from a lady, and then. <laughs> And then somebody might be preggers and they might be about to give birth. Now, we're not going to go to hospital, Sam. Oh, no. We're not going to have a nice um, home birth in a pool. Okay. Um, what we're going to do is uh, have a home birth delivered by fellow family members where allegedly Charles Manson would cut the umbilical cord with his teeth. No, no. <laughs> There's so much unexpected ick that yeah. I've never heard before. Oh. Um, so. Oh. So that's going on. Also, you are not allowed to have glasses, watches, clocks, or books. All of those things are forbidden. Any outside information, yeah. any sense of time, oh. or being able to wear your glasses and see if you have eyesight problems. Yeah. All things that might improve your awareness of time, place, and life outside of the ranch. Yeah. Forbidden. Okay. You also have to, this is just a quick bullet point on my list, shed your ego. So after uh, umbilical cord amputation with your teeth, uh, just spend a little bit of time in the afternoon shedding your ego. Pop to the shed, drop your ego off. Exactly. Lots of sheds on a ranch, I suppose. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, here you go, listeners. We promised mm -hmm. you some puns. <laughs> um, they also uh, have some little adventures. They go on what Charlie calls creepy crawls where you break into somebody's house you don't mm -hmm. steal anything you just have a little wander around Ooh. and maybe sometimes just rearrange their furniture or something oh that's proper Vesalia ransacker yeah. shit isn't it which i think is one of my one of the ideas that creeps me out you know you hear yeah. those stories where people like notice something in the kitchen that shouldn't be there and then they find out someone's been living in the basement for two <laughs> years or yeah. there's somebody in the walls. Wasn't that a thing recently where there was... A... Yeah, yeah, I saw a thing about like a teenage boy who was living in an attic above a child's bedroom or something. Oh, God, yeah. That is the creepiest shit. The yeah. idea that someone... I mean, it's for these guys, I guess it's a big power move, right? That you yeah. can break into someone's house, sit in their house, not leave a trace and mm. you know you've done it. It's like uh, American Horror Story. Yes. Yeah. Oh, super freaks me out. So that's what you can do for recreation. Now, if you're a woman, Sam, I, a, are you... Um, let me just... Yep. <coughs> yes, definitely. Great. Then you have to serve the men food. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but you yourself have to keep super, super thin. And if you listen very shortly, mild spoilers listeners, to our third and I think probably final Nexium update, yeah. we will see this pattern emerge. The girls have to be super thin, so obviously there's a huge number of eating disorders, particularly bulimia, Man. amongst the, yeah. the female members of the Manson family. So that's what life is like. The opposite of a box of chocolates. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty grim. So that's, yeah. what, that's how they're passing their time. And Manson is starting to develop his philosophy. Yes. Now, there are some arguments about how much of this is really what was influencing him mm -hmm. how much he believed it yeah or how much it was the story he told his followers or how much it was part of their sort of weird defense okay but this is basically what supposedly is is being taught by manson april 1968 martin luther king jr is assassinated yes and charles manson and this is you know all the civil rights movement stuff is happening yeah charles manson starts telling his followers look black people now look at the black panthers look at martin luther king being assassinated 
black people are going to rise up and they are going to destroy white people. Ugh, that at, is going to look happen. Look at Jim Jones and the People's yeah. Temple, I guess. This well. race war is coming, Ugh. but it's all right. He's got an idea. He's listened to the Beatles' White Album. Yeah. The White Album. That's significant for Charlie. John raised his eyebrows as he said, White. Which isn't just, isn't the story of the, forgive me, Beatles fans. Joe, you listen to this. You're a Beatles fan. You might be able to correct me. The White Album became the White Album, right? Because there was a different art album cover yeah and then at some point they couldn't use that for some reason yes, or correct. it was restricted and so they just painted over them all and then it became the white album um, isn't and, that right oh i'm not sh- i think that was maybe originally but then they had a proper person come and design it and it was the first album cover to have like raised lettering oh on yeah because it? it's embossed isn't yeah. it? yeah but anyway the fact that that's called the white album is significant to him and yes. there's a track on that album called helter skelter and yes. that becomes how Charles refers to this big race war that's going to happen. Okay. But he's got a plan, Sam. Of course he does. All good cult leaders need a plan for what happens when the end of the world comes. Yeah. His plan is that they will live in the caves on the ranch uh-huh. while the race war goes on yeah. and black people take over. What will happen is that blacks will rise up, wipe out all white people. Yeah. Famously, notoriously, the ones perpetrating mass genocide. Uh, uh-huh. And then what will happen is Manson and his followers will come out of the caves yeah. like, surprise! Don't worry, we're still white. Um, and obviously, because then they're the only white people, they will then just be put in charge because they're so superior. And okay. then they will rule the earth. Sure. Fuck's sake. So that's what he's telling them. Yeah. The Beatles have been giving him coded messages that this is what they should do. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So this it's takes funny us... how people like when they believe in what the Beatles say, like um Matey Boy that shot John Lennon. Oh yeah, Chapman. Chapman. They don't pick like Octopus's Garden. No. Or Maxwell's Silver Hammer or, or all the very, yeah. very profoundly love peace and acceptance. Yeah, I want to messages. hold your hand. Although no. maybe avoiding all the um don't leave me or I'm gonna murder you. What Beatles song is that? That's yeah. not great. Uh is that Maxwell Silverhammer? No, although that is a that is a insane, awesome song. abusive song. Yeah, based on the inspired by the murder of Kenneth Halliwell by Joe Orton. Ah, there we studied go. that in Year Eight music, Sam. Whoa, isn't that strange, Mister Body? Thank you, Mister Body. Made what? us endlessly sing Maxwell Silverhammer to each other. Wow! Bang bang! Maxwell Silverhammer came down upon, upon his head. head. Bang, bang, Maxwell, silver hammer, made sure she was dead. Please don't sue us, Apple. (laughs) So, 1969 rolls around. Manson is not getting anywhere in his music career. Yes. Devoting all of his time, supposedly, to this race war theory. Okay. Well, you know, it's really difficult to to produce an album when you're trying to start a race war, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The number of albums I haven't produced, Sam... (laughs) Because I'm not going to because that. yeah because go on <laughs> no <laughs> oh it's really not fun. I'm I'm laughing because it's so fucking horrific and stupid and yes. insane I don't find the actual you know don't God, worry especially John. at the moment with what's going on in the world the world yeah everything's wrong so carry on <laughs> Manson sends Bobby Beausoleil Mary Brunner who you remember was his first sort I of remember. cult member and Susan Atkins yeah to an associate of theirs, Gary Hinman, who's a music teacher and sort of friend associate of the family. Mm-hmm. Manson basically thinks he's super wealthy, and so they want he wants he sends them on a mission to go, hey, and again, sort of thinking about the Dale Carnegie thing, it's like, oh, don't you think it would be a really good idea if we could convince Gary to join? 
Ooh, and, yeah. and like give us money and oh if you did that you'd be really you'd be really like responsible for like saving the family right wow yeah. so they go off to do that unsurprisingly gary goes nah bro yeah not not down with that okay well done gary i'm not gonna take part i refuse so sensibly they hold him hostage for two days oh as if that's going to convince him. Yeah. That. So they hold him hostage for two days. During that time, Manson supposedly comes around with a sword. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And cuts his ear off. Ah! He gets a bit Reservoir Dogs. Oh. Um, I've never seen it. John is not saying anything. He's just looking at me open-mouthed. I'm terrible with films. So many things we have to watch. Um, it's <laughs> so great. have a Doris Day session followed by Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There's a famous scene where somebody's ear gets cut off. Yes. And it's horrendous, but brilliantly filmed. So, and while Manson is there, supposedly he whispers in Bobby, Mary's and Susan's ears separately. And he says slightly different things to them, but suggests for all of them, well, hey, at, at this point now, it's just best if Gary's dead and out of the way, right? <sighs> and like, whoever does that would be doing the family a huge favour. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go clean my sword now. I'm going to go down to Johnson's Dry Cleaning and clean my sword. <laughs> oh, Sam. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners, for how much we've referred to Manson's penis. <laughs> I'm really sorry. We are in a hot car. I know I keep saying it. it's hot in so here. We're, we wondered if we were going to get delirious, and I'm getting there. So let's end this good time. So as a result, Bobby stabs Gary to death. And that's the end of the good time. Uh, he writes political piggy on the wall in Gary's blood. Yeah. And they leave a Black Panther Party symbol in blood on the wall. Right. Because their big idea is that the race war now isn't happening quickly enough. Okay. So they're going to spur it on by, A, covering their tracks for this murder. Yeah. But also making it look like it's the work of black people. Okay. Bobby is arrested in connection with that murder. Good. Which causes a bit of a panic for the family. Who cares? And remember that when we come to their uh, defence later. No, we don't come to their defence when we talk about their court oh, defence no. later on. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's not how this podcast is going to no. end with Sam and I mounting an impassioned. <laughs> that's no. not going to happen. They're all... Horrible. Can I say cunts on the podcast, Sam? You just did. Do we just have to put a strong language warning on? We did at the beginning. I'm sorry to any young people that I teach who listen to this who hear me be foul mouthed. The uh, wife of one of my colleagues, um, he, I've just joined a D&D group, John. I haven't told you that yet. It's very fun. But uh, it's like good research for our cults podcast. <laughs> the um, the wife said um, when he said he told her that uh, I joined the D&D group, and then his wife said, "Oh, isn't she the one that presents uh, coffee and clunts?" <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's just an enjoyable word. Clunts, that's clunts. brilliant. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to hear Coffee and Clunts, please uh, subscribe to our Patreon. And we'll put it on there <laughs> as a, uh, a bonus episode where we drink coffee and, and talk about fringe clunts from around the world. I just imagine it's like done in uh, like Bill and Ben the Flowerpot Men language. That's a reference. For people much older than even we are. <laughs> no, Bill and Ben was on the telly when I was a kid. Is was it? Not Isn't the... there like a new CGI version of that? Yeah, there? it was. A, it was. A... Welcome to John. Tries to remember things he doesn't really know already. Listen. So there was the version where they were actually flower pots. Yes, that the was true version. Yeah, that was not on TV when I was a kid. There was like a cartoon version. Oh no! Like Shut a... your dirty mouth. That's sacrilege. And no, it wasn't. It was like I feel like it was like Sesame Streety sort of puppets. Like, as opposed to the original, of... like, mar- are they marionettes? Originally? Yeah. 
And then now there's like a CGI. Gross. Have you seen the new... Oh, we've had this conversation. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, weird. They look like they're made out of Lego. It's wrong. Yeah. Listeners, get back to us with your thoughts about the new... Some pop culture distraction. Cartoons. It is just going to get bleak now, listeners, so you'll thank us through. Two days after Bobby is arrested, Manson says, it's time for Helter Skelter to begin. We're going to make it happen. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. So on August the 8th, 1969... Manson family members Atkins, Watson, Kasabian, Krenwinkel mm-hmm. arrive at 150 Celio Drive. Yeah. And they break into Melcher's home. Yes. Which is now rented by the filmmaker Roman Polanski, mm-hmm. who is away at the time. Yeah. And his pregnant wife, Sharon Tate, mm-hmm. who is the actress from Rosemary's Baby, amongst many other things, and also was quite a famous model as well at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, famous for her sort of short haircut. Yeah, very beautiful. Things lady. like that. Amazing lady. Manson has supposedly told them to kill everyone there. Yes. Now, why he did that is open to speculation. Some people say it's just they were trying to start this race war, they were mm. going to murder somebody. And leave symbols up and around to blame it on black people. Yeah. So they just picked an address. It was an address known to them. Yeah. Maybe it's a house that they played the creepy crawl oh, yeah. game in. Some people suggest that he thought that Melcher would be there. Yeah. And it would be part of revenge by Manson on Melcher for not helping him get a record deal. That's what I the the theory of it that I have heard before. But um, but also, it seems like I'm sure I read somewhere in one of the books that. Manson, I think this is in the new book that's um, come out this year, that Manson knew, had, 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 you know, Melcher obviously quite rightly goes, I really had nothing to do with him. Yeah. But supposedly Mel- he met Melcher after this and around the same time in Melcher's other address. Okay. So it seems like he would have known that it wasn't Melcher living there. Right. Possibly. Right, okay. So as with lots of this now, a lot of the exact who's and where's and why's and what's are a little bit fuzzy Mm -hmm. but they do as they're told oh that's why because at another address nearby yeah that melcher's at i think um the power gets cut one evening right and then they they find that the power line outside has been cut right they get it repaired but nothing else happens but when they went to uh this address at celio drive the first thing they did was cut the power yeah etc which again is just the stuff of Nightmares. Absolutely. I'm not going to dwell on the exact horrors too much. Nope. So I'm just going to rattle through this really quickly, listeners, if you want to briefly put your ear away. Yeah. This is just the murder of the people um, at this address. Okay. Oh, sorry. I dinged the microphone. Um, this is just the details very quickly of these events. So okay. Sharon, who is eight months pregnant, is stabbed 16 times mm. by Atkins. And she is then, uh, they put a rope around her neck and hang her from that rope. Jay Sebring is shot, stabbed, and he's hung at the other end of that same rope. Abigail Folgan, I think I've got that surname right, apologies if I haven't, is stabbed 28 times. Oh my goodness. Wojciech Frykowski is shot twice and stabbed 51 times. (gasps) Stephen Parent, Paint. Uh, who's 15 and I think works there or does errands and things for them there, is uh, cut and shot and found out on the drive. It is absolute 
chaos and carnage in one evening. And they write on the wall, pig um, in blood. Uh, They also, is it this address? I think it is, uh, write death to the pigs uh, and helter skelter, all of which are things that they think will implicate Mm -hmm. Black Panthers, etc. And I know if you're particularly gory, you can see pictures of this crime scene online. It's pretty horrendous. Just By pretty horrendous, un- I mean un- the unimaginable worst. horror. Yeah. And I sincerely apologise if I've mispronounced any of those names. So Manson's unhappy not with the murder, but with how chaotic and terrible that crime scene was. Mm-hmm. Thinks it's a bit of a mess. Everyone's a critic. So he then brings them to the house of uh, Leno and Rosemary LeBianca. Oh, this is the one where they write Helter yeah. Skelter on the... Sorry, I got that around the wrong way. Um because he wants to show them how it should be done right? Uh, and instruct them. So both of those people are killed. Uh, so they have a bayonet um, and they carve war on uh, Labianca's chest. Wow. The same time, Kasabian and Atkins are also sent to do another murder elsewhere in town, but Kasabian deliberately, uh, deliberately screws up so that they don't have to murder anyone. Okay. Like, pretends to forget the address or get the address wrong and then yeah. you don't want to anger. Fair enough. Charlie, but I haven't got it wrong. Now, the police at this point start to suspect there's some connection between these murders and mm-hmm. that it's not exactly what they were trying to convince people it was. Yeah. But they have a real piece of luck because old Charlie's still been stealing cars for income. Right. And there's an arrest warrant out yeah. for Charles Manson for stealing cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love these moments when men who set out to be powerful and amazing are found in like embarrassing not embarrassing but like real like Manson and uh, not Manson uh, Hussein in a hole in the ground yeah uh, found with their pants down sort of thing um, oh what's his name Gaddafi in a sewage pipe yeah. that kind of thing uh, so they find Manson hiding under a sink in the ranch right. when they do a raid and they arrest him god that puts into context how much of a teeny tiny man baby he was yeah absolutely what a fucking coward yeah susan atkins at the time is arrested for her connection to the gary hinman mm-hmm. case yeah and while she's in a cell tells her cellmate that she was the person who killed sharon tate as well right and at that point it's like right gotten gotten yeah. so they start to run a case um in december 1969 kasabian watson krenwinkel are taken into custody good Kasabian, uh, who you'll remember screwed up yeah. the murder plot she was sent on, hands herself in. Yeah. And she offers to give all the information about the family, mm-hmm. about what went on, and she is given immunity and she becomes the main witness yeah. at the prosecution. What a brave person. So, Charles I mean, Manson, yeah. what? Yeah, she doesn't, as far as I know, she didn't partake in any of the no. serious crimes. Uh, oh, no, she was in Tate's house. Yeah, not saying she is without fault, but did. it is brave to stand up to. Yeah, and to take that point of going, shit, look what I've got myself into. And yeah. yeah. So Manson, Atkins and Krenwinkel are charged on seven counts of murder yeah. and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. Mm-hmm. And Leslie Van Houten is... And I'm going to do this. Van Houten uh, on two counts of murder and the count of conspiracy to commit murder. And there is just all the DNA evidence against them. I'm sure. Because it was such a messy crime scene, and it's just, yeah. Yeah. They have no problem with the forensic profile. So let us move to, I've forgotten what chapter I'm on now, chapter four? The trial and after. Excellent. So in June the 15th, 1970, 
They set up the trial, and Manson was initially granted permission to act as his own attorney. Uh, what, what is it with these not? men that always then want to represent themselves in court? It's the arrogance. It's yeah. the hubris, isn't it? Jesus. But he proves to be such a terrible attorney on his own behalf. Because he is illiterate, perhaps? Before it gets to trial, um, he's violated the gag order that's on the case, and he has filed like hundreds of nonsensical pre-trial motions. Okay. Oh, and then... And then he doesn't help himself. On the first day of the trial, he turns up with an X carved in his forehead. Yep. Because he felt he needed to cross himself out of the establishment's world. Mm-hmm. So he has a cross on his forehead. And the family members that remain start doing this as well. And they are a bit like Jones around some of the court cases. Right. They show up and they have rallies and protests outside. Yeah. Famously, they fill the galleries and show up weeping and wailing with crosses carved in their foreheads. Yeah. And they threaten pol- potential witnesses right. to the case. And also, in some cases, they, and this was a cryptic sentence in one article I read, drugged slash burned them. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty bad. It's like a big circus, really. To yeah. the point where, at one point, Manson lunges at the judge <laughs> while his family members are chanting Latin from the pews of the courtroom. Was in like How fucking scary Dolce is that? Dolce et decorum yeah. est or like Latin, Latin, Latin. <laughs> I went for the only piece of Latin that I know then as well. Though. And Judge Older at that point starts wearing a revolver under his judge robes when he goes into this court case. Right. Because he's determined to stick it out. But Outside of his bastardy suit, inside of his judge robes. <laughs> <laughs> That should be the name of this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a circus. Um, and Manson testifies, obviously. I think I've got this right. I but then if you're, if you're the defendant in a case, you don't have to testify, do you? You can choose to. Yes. Yeah, you don't Yeah, you don't have to, but he does. But I think what happens is that they don't let the jury hear his testimony because, it, because he's not allowed to say anything that would incriminate the people who are also on trial elsewhere. Ah, Anyway, um, so here's just a quote from them, from him. I'm not going to do a voice. Quote, the music is telling the youth to rise up against the establishment. Why blame it on me? I didn't write the music. I don't recall ever saying, get a knife and go and do whatever text says. Okay. Which is not great. The other defendants in the case have what I have put here, the worst defense ever trademark. Yeah. Which is that they committed the Tate and LeBianca murders as copycat crimes um, because Bobby was innocent of the murder of Gary. Okay. And to prove, to make it look like he was definitely innocent, they thought they would commit copycat crimes to get him off because he was innocent. Oh, no. John stole a Kit Kat from the shop, so I stole some Kit Kats to make it look like it wasn't John that stole the Kit Kat originally. Mental. Okay. That's surprisingly that doesn't work. April the nineteenth, nineteen seventy-one. Krenwinkel, Atkins, Van Houten, and Manson are found guilty and are sentenced to the death penalty. That court case is done. Now, what happened to Tex Watson? I hear you ask. What happened to Tex Watson? Thank you, Sam. Uh, I'll answer that question now. So, when all of this kicked off, he fled to the ranch. Yeah. And then to Texas. Okay. Now, because he'd then gone to another state, Mm. they had to try and extradite him so that he could stand trial in California. Right. And the lawyers fought his extradition for nine months. Okay. During that time, he stopped eating and talking and lost 55 pounds. 
and was hospitalised. How much is fifty-five pounds? That's quite so a lot, that, isn't it? Is that is it twelve pounds in a stone? Maybe. So like four and a half stone. We don't know weights. <laughs> Please email us. Please email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com. He's hospitalised, but in February 1971, they decide he's fit to stand trial. Okay. So whether that's his reaction to what's happened or whether that was him trying to make himself look like he wasn't fit to stand trial. Yeah. Or you be a the combination judge, of both. He is found guilty and two weeks later that he was definitely sane and accountable for seven murders. Yeah. And he is also sentenced to the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Now, we can do a little bit of where are they now? Okay. It's like the end of those 90s teen dramas yeah. where you'd get like a suddenly the picture would freeze on them. And uh, from what I remember, and I don't know if you remember this, Sam, all of them went on to study marine biology at university. Oh, interesting. I swear, like loads of characters in American teen dramas, that was their Studied caption. Studied marine biology. Yeah, I don't know why that was such a popular 90s college kid. Well, I remember in the... In the 90s, I always wanted to study marine biology. But now I have a phobia of fish, so glad I <laughs> didn't, didn't go for happen. that. If you studied marine biology at university or college, please get in touch. I don't send any pictures of fish, though, so no. I won't lie. Watson's interesting. Uh, while he was inside, he converted or reaffirmed his commitment to Christianity. Okay. He got married yeah. while in prison from conjugal visits, has had children. Ugh, and like he is now... A Christian minister. Ah! So he's still in prison, but he okay. is ordained. I don't know under what denomination. I'm sure someone could tell us. But uh, And he has a website and a Christian sort of mission group called... Mm, you're going to like this, Sam. Yeah. Abounding Love. Wow. Which, Abounding if that is a genuine love. and sincere attempt to make reparations for past wrongs, great. Cool. That's uh, Past that's wrongs end of, of his own or of... of... Of Christians. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. In 1972, California abolished the death penalty. Okay. And so all of their sentences were commuted to life yes. sentences. So let's do a couple of other where are they nows. Manson himself, famously while being in prison, gave a series of interviews, including mm-hmm. to Charlie Rose, uh, etc. You can see the footage of those. They are... Insane. And um, we're going to do a fun bonus round in a minute, which is thanks to Ranker, the 10 strangest Charles Manson quotes. Wow. So great. we'll act that out for you in a minute, listeners. But he uh, yeah, famously gave interviews. He also set up an environmental charity that followers Lovely. of his. And I believe other women who were connected to him romantically while he was in prison used to run. Right. Um, because uh, he cared a lot about the environment okay. and animals. Isn't that nice? Very. Krenwinkel is still in prison. Yep. Uh, Van Houten is now 69, still in prison. She has been denied parole 20 times. Yeah. Manson himself passed away in 2017 at yep. the age of 83. And Atkins died in prison of brain cancer in 2009. Right. So loads of them are. I think, is it Van Houten? I think she's the one that you often see. Or is it the other one that, uh, oh, Kasabian? There's a couple of them that you often see in interviews, big long grey hair talking yes. about him that might be van houten yeah so we're just gonna jump ahead a little bit yeah because and this is i did not know enough detail about this we're gonna go to 1975 okay for the next crime of the manson family oh in 1975 yeah lynette from yeah nicknamed squeaky from oh yes which in my head i always thought was like maybe about her voice or something Oh. Supposedly it comes from the noises when she had to have sex with 
Oh, that no. That guy on the ranch with George Spann on the ranch. Maybe she's the one I was thinking of because I've heard of her before as well. Um, so she wanted to make a statement yeah. about people who refuse to halt environmental pollution and the effects on air, trees, water and animals, Yeah, which is the name of Manson's group as well, Atwa. Now, you might think, listeners, how do I do that? Am I going to do a petition? Am I going to hold a little march? Am I going to do a, a youth climate strike, like the brilliant things that are going on at the moment? No. Nope. Am I going to go Extinction Rebellion style and cause some uh, civil disobedience? Mm. Am I going to, you know, lock myself onto something? Yeah. No, I will get a M1911, MI9100 pistol. Forgive me, I know nothing about guns. Those are just the things I've written down. And I will go after the current president, Gerald Ford. Yep. Uh, she was found at arm's reach from him. Yes. With a pistol. She hadn't chambered around. Okay. She didn't fire it. No one was injured. Yeah. But she was next to the president with, with a pistol. A and she says, yeah. oh, I decided not to do it. I just wanted to scare him. Right. Which was not taken as a good defense. So she was found guilty of partaking in an assassination attempt on the president. Mm-hmm. Um, and was sentenced to, I believe, 34 years in prison. Okay, 34. Oh, what, so she was uh, allowed out, what, 10 years ago? We'll get there in a minute. Uh, At one point, effects. she hears that Charlie has cancer. Yeah. Um. So she escapes. She breaks out of prison because oh. she desperately wants to see him. Yeah. But she's captured, put back into prison. They don't get a nice Is it because she's like reunion. squeaking along? Squeak, squeak, squeak. Yeah, they squeak, you squeak, can't. Squeak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sneak. <laughs> uh, she was released from prison in August 2009. Yeah. Two years and seven months after Gerald Ford died of wow. old age, bless him. Um, Around my 18th birthday. Yeah. So she's out and doing her thing. Yeah. I always thought she was more involved in the Other early stuff. stuff, but that famously is what she did. So that was kind of, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. So there are... Sam, a few other sort of un uncleared up items and allegations and things around the Manson family. Okay. There were uh, the murder of the Willits, who were near the Manson Ranch. Is that because he hates his middle name so much that he had to... Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, no, I was joking, but... Ugh. No, 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 it's not that, but oh. they were killed in a similarly bloody fashion right. near the ranch. Yep. We re we people are reasonably confident that that might be associated. Um, yeah. Donald She, uh, sorry, Donald Shea, who was a stuntman, who I think also worked on the ranch, was killed and was found buried on the ranch okay. property. And there are rumours that there were many more people who are buried on the ranch, but bodies have never been found when they've gone right digging. Because it's lots of other. It's always alleged that Manson never killed anybody. Yes. And that he only instructed his followers to do so. But who knows? Yes. I suppose. Yes. Well, yeah. Get does to that count as... instance of that. That doesn't count as defaming him, does it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I that mean, that's himself. what he was arrested for is that it's, you know, if I tell you to kill someone, Sam, I am as culpable for that murder as you are. Yeah. Quite rightly. And or I'm if... not going to do it. I refuse, Sam, to tell you to do that. If I drive you to a place and let you sit in the car while I go and murder someone, you are still also as culpable as me? Yeah. The um... law. Uh, and, you know, Manson lived his time in jail. How worried he was about that. There's a quote from Juan Flynn, who was sort of vaguely associated and had met him and went, he's in jail. That's exactly where he wants to be. Yeah. It's no loss to him. He's really, really happy. Mm. So let's do, I tell you what, let's do a few more weird, let's do some weird things. Yeah. Then we'll do some Manson quotes and then we'll finally stop this horrendous 
hot uh, car <laughs> tale. There so is... wait, we, so we're doing random things and then totally chill things for a cult leader to say. Yeah, yeah. Our, our new recurring feature. Yeah. There is a book out this year called Chaos: Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the Sixties, mm-hmm. which alleges that some of the prosecution's case was not correct. Okay. And it was just the case they made that they thought could they could get through court. Mm-hmm. Um including some of the stuff about whether or not they knew Melcher was in that house or not, right. etc. But either way, you still murdered the people that were in there, and that is what you have been convicted yes, of. Yes, exactly. But the guy who wrote that book, whose name I did say at the top of the podcast, I think, but maybe I'll put it in the link, thinks that maybe the CIA was supplying LSD. And in the same way that people allege that about Jonestown, right? Right, yeah. That it was part of the CIA's MK Ultra mind control experiments. Yeah. That maybe that was that was connected which I mean, might I'm explain sure some of those questions that there are for both of those individuals about where they got money from for all their travels and yeah. operations i mean i think it's also likely that that wasn't the case no i'm sure the cia is a large organization but large enough to do all this stuff at the same time well we just don't know because the mk ultra files the cia officials who were responsible for it like shredded and destroyed yeah two-thirds of the records yeah so we have no idea what they did except things like there's that great documentary about the guy who threw himself out the building what's that called which was part of the mk ultra program yeah and also the unabomber as well was he no No, there was someone though welcome to john and sam can't remember Uh, things that they've heard once so there are allegations (laughs) that the cia might be involved as there are with anything that's happened in america since they were founded there are some people who think there's a bit more of a satanic link between the beatles and the film of rosemary's baby which is the film sharon tate is in which famously um involves her giving birth to the antichrist or at least to a baby at the behest of the satanists she unwittingly moves in with and that anton levey and the actually fairly secular albeit very boring church of satan yeah. <laughs> might have been involved or connected okay um, mike love who was also a beach boy yeah claims that dennis wilson saw manson shoot a black man and hide his body in a well okay i don't i don't know whether dennis knows that or whether dennis has died and that's come out since but they've never been able to find any evidence and no. it's been suggested that that was an lsd hallucination of either dennis's okay. or mics yeah so but the other in terms of that thing about men did manson commit any murders manson was also connected to the also scientology uh, connected process church of the final judgment okay who i'm sure we will cover in future fingers crossed um, episodes so maybe it was something to do with a different uh, cult group or maybe they were part of a satanic murder network yeah i mean perhaps or perhaps not but yeah, as, and then there's other things. There is a whole string of bodies. So Reet Jivitson and Monica Habe were both found murdered on Mulholland Drive, which is near the ranch. Yeah. So again, there's just other bodies that may well be connected to the Mansons and their fun, fun times. Okay. Okay. So now this isn't going to make it. I was going to say here's the light bit, but this isn't going to make it any lighter. So thank you. Uh, I'll do my other sources in a moment, but thank you, Ranker, for the 10 strangest Charles Manson quotes, which must have been a okay. mission to find. Number one, do you want to be uh, Charles Manson or do you want to be the reporter? I will be the reporter. Okay. Uh, can you see that, Sam? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I was going to do a silly voice to disrespect him, but I might just read it normally. <laughs> Everybody's got something to blame because no one wants to look inside themselves. What do you see when you look inside yourself? When I look inside myself, I see everything. 
I see all. I've seen the good, bad, the evil. I've seen the whole thing. How much evil is there? As much as you see. What do you see? All of it. Laughter. Ha ha ha. Right down to the peaks you haven't touched yet. Dreams you haven't dreamed and worlds you haven't conquered. The mind is endless. You put me in a dark solitary cell and to you that's the end. To me it's the beginning. There's a universe in there. There's a world in there. I'm free. Here's quotes could have been said by A, Boris Johnson, or B, Donald Trump. <laughs> the you same might, rambling... Uh, I mean, what we learned, which I wrote in my notes, was that from these quotes, he's actually really not that interesting. Like all no. of these guys who think they're profound or weird or whatever. Yeah. It's all just meaningless twaddle. Uh, we won't do all of these, but let's do another one. Uh, Charles Manson explains who he really is. Uh, people look at you today, 20 years later, and they still have no idea what you're about. Tell me in a sentence who you are. Nobody. I'm nobody. I'm a tramp, a bum, a hobo, I'm a boxcar, and a jug of wine, and a straight razor if you get close enough to me. Okay. This is the famous clip of him talking in gibberish. Oh, yeah. Do you feel blame? Are you mad? Uh, do you feel like wolf, kebab, rough, vantage, the insane game? Yeah. Let's do one more. Say when, Sam. We're just going to pick one when? of these at random. Oh, this is an uh, appropriate one. So this is Charles Manson. Do you want to read this last Manson sure. quote? If I wanted to slay somebody, I'd take this book and beat you to death with it, and I wouldn't feel a thing. It would be just like walking to the drugstore. <laughs> and we won't give him any more credit by reading any more quotes no. from him, I think, because he is... Totally chill things for a cult leader to say. Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. And that, Sam, is the story Ooh-wee. of Charles Manson. And the Manson family. Wow, thank you, John. Can rattle off your sources for yeah. us. So very quickly, uh, I'm grateful to uh, Helter Skelter, the book by uh, Victor, oh, I'm going to get it wrong now, Big uh, Bugliosi, to allthatsinteresting.com, biography.com, the Huffington Post, Ranker, ABC's 60 Minutes, Inside Manson's Crazed Cult, the podcast You Must Remember This, Manson's yeah. Hollywood, Manson in His Own Words, the book, Manson, The Life and Times of Charles Manson, which is the Jeff Gwynn book, mm-hmm. and Listverse.com's 10 Tragic Tales from the Childhood of Charles Manson. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you to those thank people. Thank you to those uh, sources. And wow. Thank you very much, John, and thank you to you listeners for being here with us through this. We hope you appreciate this bumper yeah, mega episode, episode. <laughs> yeah oh, Sam, um, what? just have a healthy sheen of yes we're so warm we have been in this hot car for two hours <laughs> you're welcome listeners i am slightly delirious i'm gonna go and drink a lot of water um we were gonna do one more but we're gonna hydrate listeners yeah. coming up very soon um hopefully uh, like a week after we release this, yes, uh, we have some Nexium updates. Many of you will know that the trial of Keith Ranieri has happened. So look out very shortly for Nexium yep. updates three: the trial of Keith Ranieri. Absolutely, which is fucking bonkers, Sam. I'm so excited <laughs> to tell, talk to you about it. Yes, because I've tried it to just avoid gets it. Crazier. And people now who know that I make this podcast, friends will send me links to it. Mm. I'm like, trying to ignore it. So. Yeah, we will but, try yeah. and be quick listeners. Um, we're sure you've read some of it, but we're yes. going to do a big rundown of everything that came out in that trial. Yeah, and thank you to everyone insane. who posted to us on Facebook about it as well. Yes, yeah. Somebody uh, very sweetly sent us a message going, oh, I heard this news and thought of you. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. You. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, we appreciate all of your messages. Please do get in touch with us. Email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, at coffeeandcults. If you'd like to uh, support us in a financial way, you can do that with a one-off small donation at coffee, that's ko-fi.com forward slash coffee and cults, where you can buy us a coffee or some water to rehydrate after we've sit- sat in hot, hot car. If you'd like to 
uh, support us more regularly, you can do that at patreon.com slash coffeeandcults. And there is some bonus material on there. There's a couple of book reviews. There's Absolutely. also a couple of bonus episodes. So there is Sounds of the Sexties, which is our soon-to-be regular feature of us reviewing the music of cults. You can listen yep. to us reviewing the album of the Jonestown, uh, the People's Temple Choir. We are very shortly as well going to record an episode reviewing Charles Manson's album released in absolutely uh, when he was in prison yeah uh, came out in 1971 and um, we've got a few other things planned for that there's mm-hmm. also um, Scientology book club yeah if you have any suggestions or recommendations on who you'd like to hear us talk about next please do send us a message we always love hearing from you please also rate review subscribe if you're on the iTunes please do leave us a review there um, and a star rating that really helps other people know that we exist but yes. whatever podcast platform you're on if you can do that please let people know yeah. that we are out here if you if you so wish and you yeah. so like. Is that the end? Yeah. That is the end. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Do you feel blame? Are you mad? Uh, do you feel like wolves go bob for a friend? Get a friend. 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 Get a friend.